0: And then it's my job to help them understand why you need to have these difficult conversations, why we have to start having family meetings, creating what we call these governance rules to make it not personal, but try to focus on what's best for the business and what's best for the family. And I have a saying, run like a business, feel like a family.
1: Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host. Kathleen Burns Kingsbury is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Now, here is Kathleen.
2: Dr. Denise Federer is with me today on the Breaking Money Silence podcast. She's a speaker, consultant, coach, and psychologist in Tampa, Florida. Denise brings over 30 years of experience to her work with individuals, executives and corporations providing consulting and performance coaching. She is the principal owner of Federer Performance Management Company and she's an expert in unique dynamics of closely held and family businesses. She also helps people to improve workplace interactions and to maximize both financial success and increased job satisfaction. Uh, Denise also happens to be a good friend of mine and a fellow speaker. We met in 2010, hard to believe it was that long ago, at a women's summit, I know, in Chicago. And we have been friends ever since. Thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Thank you so much, Kathleen, for inviting me. I appreciate yeah. it. Can you believe it? We had that one dinner. We happened to, I think, either sit next to each other or gravitate towards each other. Mm and then have really stayed very connected for the last, ooh, dare I say, 12 years. <laughs> I know,
0: it's hard. Time flies when you're having fun, right? <laughs> yeah. But as much as you want to think that women always support other women, I think what we found is unfortunately not always true. So we found a support system and in soulmate in each other, I think. Yes. Yeah. It was a
2: unique situation and you were very (laughs) supportive. And I think all your training, even though I have some training like yours, not all of it, was very, very helpful in navigating some politics at that particular summit. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about women and family business, and we're going to talk a little bit about your expertise and just try to break money silence around, you know, women inheriting businesses. So I'm curious If you know either statistic or kind of have a sense in the work that you do, if you're seeing more women who are inheriting family businesses and or starting their own.
0: I actually have seen, I think, an increase in the, gosh, 30 years I've been doing this. And I think there are some statistics as well. I think that I recently read about 24% of family businesses are led by women. CEOs or presidents, and uh, that's actually been true in the work I'm doing. I think about 31 32 percent of the next successor identified in a business is female, and you see about 60 percent of women in top management. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. Now, interestingly enough, I'm not I've seen that mostly when they're only daughters. Oh, really? Uh, and in one case, I'm that I'm working with, I have worked with for about 10 years, that is not true. Um, There is a son, but he actually is high ranking in the military and involved in a lot of um, other things. But the sister is soon to be announced to be president. And one of the things we've been working on is clarifying that should he want to come into the business, he understands he will be reporting to her, uh, which is interesting, dynamic.
2: It it is interesting because a lot of the work that I do in talking about breaking money silence across generations and certainly helping women in business, whether it's family owned or a different situation. One of the things that I always have found fascinating and I understand and I appreciate, but I don't dare touch it, is the family dynamics of having to talk to siblings about who's going to be in charge and help parents make decisions about who's going to inherit the business. And so what is it like to do
0: that work? You're right. It is a really tough conversation. I think it's very different if siblings are currently working in the business together, or if there's one sibling that is primarily working in the business and has done the work over the years. And then the parents as a part of estate planning decide to leave the business to all their children, essentially putting the child that's been working there working for their siblings now. So I highly discourage that and talk a lot about having open conversations with family and creating what we call governance rules of how family members enter, exit the family business. Um, And if there's other assets to leave their children other than the business, if they haven't been working in the business, that is really the recommended path. If, in fact, you have multiple siblings working in the business, then you really need to figure out their dynamics, whether they have a long, complicated history, whether they actually really do are able to function in a respectful, collegial way with one another, if one is comfortable reporting to the other, and then if not, is it possible to have them in parallel roles? Because once the parents are no longer there, as anyone who has siblings knows, it changes the dynamics considerably. You know, that old phase, you're not the boss of me. Well, it kind of comes into play if that's not carefully laid out and there isn't a lot of respect about ability uh, that goes on
2: yeah no what's coming to mind for me is my husband actually works for a family business and there's it's one family they own two different businesses and my husband works for one of the sons has a great experience the other firm is led by the other two siblings so a daughter and a son and i know her uh fairly well and so they have a great working relationship and so there's always you know i'm always fascinated how these dynamics unfold and you know one of the things she has said to me is i couldn't work with the brother that got the company alone and so they have a good working relationship but they're glad to be in different companies and so it sounds like some of those conversations which i know unfortunately this business didn't have before The two businesses were passed down, but these conversations are really important. And I think the kids, in quotes because they're all adults, have had those conversations. But I think it was really hard to get mom and dad engaged in that dialogue. So, so how do you go about doing that? How do you go about engaging the whole family in these conversations?
0: Well, I think, and it's very interesting because a lot of times when I get engaged, in fact, I'll only be engaged with the family when the patriarch or matriarch. supporting this process sometimes i will get contacted by next generation adult children with a big help and you know it's not productive if their parents won't have the conversation and then it's my job to help them understand why you need to have these difficult conversations why we have to start having family meetings creating what we call these governance rules to make it not personal but try to focus on what's best for the business and what's best for the family and i have a saying run like a business feel like a family it's really important to create these rules because those relationships bleed over and particularly you know i, I look at all the uh, non financial issues that impact the bottom line all the relationships all the organizational development issues and when you have non family members in a family business they are held hostage by family dynamics if we don't create boundaries and appropriate behavior at work versus at home.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, my husband's worked for a couple family businesses, which I think is interesting because he's always right. not a family member. He mm-hmm. somehow manages that dynamic really well.
0: That's um, great for him, he must be amazing because it's not always easy to navigate. No,
2: reasons. no. I think, I don't know if I do as well as he does, but he does uh, really well at it. And he's, you know, the family business I'm talking about, I, I feel very fortunate because they allowed us to come up here into to Vermont and, and live the life that we want to live. But I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to talk about working with women, family business owners. And, you know, first of all, do you have clients like this? And second of all, do you notice any differences between the women family business owners versus the male business owners that you work with? You
0: know, I do. And I do notice differences. And while I really value the women that I work with, they're not always positive differences. I have one family owned business owned by the mom and two daughters who are everyone in this business, incredibly competent and talented and uh, excellent at what they do. But what I notice is it's very hard for them to have sensitive conversations, feelings get hurt. A lot of times there's tears. It's very hard to have conflict and resolve it with the men that I work with. As you might imagine, we've talked for years about differences in men and women and how they deal with things. Um, They just seem to be thicker skin and a little less sensitive and willing to deal with things head on in terms of changes that need to be made or, or difficult discussions that need to be had.
2: So if I was to flip that though, so it sounds like for for the, your experience, women sometimes have a harder time with conflict resolution. And I, I can understand right. that the process can be different depending on the individual women and also just uh, the Correct. way we've all been socialized. But are there, like if we flip that around, is that also a strength for women business owners? Yes.
0: Yes. And what I would say to you is the, the women I'm thinking of are devoted to one another, devoted, have an amazing personal relationship. And I think The reason it's difficult is because they care so much. And the women, women in general, when you look at the research, they're much more about networks and communicating with one another and making connections. And their goal is to reach consensus, which is why difficult conversations are hurtful to them. They really respect each other and want to hear each other's opinion. And it's difficult for them to, quote unquote, go against it. Let's just say there's three, two against one. They're very sensitive to that, which is a positive. You know, the men I work with, the next gen men that I work with, tend to order much more being hierarchical, confident, sometimes arrogant, a lot less aware of the impact of their behavior on others until I point it out. So I do find that um, and the other I have several businesses where the daughter's taken over. And I would say the number one thing I notice is their need to gain respect and trust amongst their employees and have uh, compromise. And really want to work together, as I said, to reach consensus on major decisions.
2: And that dynamic, you know, something just came to mind for me. I I know these two women that are, happen to be financial advisors. They're both uh, the successors for their fathers, both 40 years old and taking over. And when I talk to them, they're very respectful of the fact that their dads are doing it in a way that maybe they wouldn't do it, but how do they, how do they aid in this transition? And so I imagine the dynamic, and again, it's not all gender, but I imagine the dynamic between a dad and daughter is potentially very different than a dynamic between a dad and a son.
0: I think it is. But I'm thinking of this one family that I talked about earlier where the daughter is powerful and and amazing in what she does. And I've been working with this family probably 13 years. So when I met her, she had just gotten married then had a baby, then got divorced, you know, took over the business. I've watched her transition through a lot of things. And and I think one of the things that's interesting to me over the years, and now I think she's 40. I think I started working with her. She may have been 28. So developmentally, big differences, is how much more comfortable she is in voicing her opinions and sort of, quote, unquote, standing up to her dad and not being intimidated and really standing in her truth and what she thinks must happen, but she does it in a very loving, kind way. But I like that she really can um, exudes a lot more confidence.
2: And one of the things I think you're highlighting is when we're talking about, so it's not just gender, it could be where they are in their life cycle or the mm-hmm. development as an individual. What are the other factors when we're looking at female uh, business owners that come into play in terms of their effectiveness as, as being a leader or taking on that CEO role?
0: Um, I think the most important thing, and I would say this for men and women, but as you said, we've been socialized differently, is to be very intentional about the type of leader you want to be and be very aware about how you want to influence others. In my work that I do with leadership with NextGen, I try to help them understand it's not about the title. It's about gaining that respect and trust both in the company and outside the company in your industry. And uh, the highest form of leadership is influence, that people really want to follow you because they respect what you're saying and they understand what your vision is and how you want to move the company forward. So I would say taking some time to really work on confidence and presentation and speaking with that vision, I guess, is the best thing I can sum it up.
2: Hey, it's Kathleen Burns, Kingsbury. And I just wanted to tell you about my Breaking Money Silence Learning Lab. If you find negotiating fees and salaries anxiety provoking, you're gonna wanna check out my online courses in the Breaking Money Silence Learning Lab. I will help you conquer your fear of negotiating, help you break money silence, and ultimately help you be more confident in asking and earning your worth. Each of the lessons are easily digestible video lessons, as well as handouts. You'll get concrete action items. And once you finish the course, you'll have an opportunity to do a free laser coaching call with yours truly, me. So definitely check out the Breaking Money Silence Learning Lab. Go to breakingmoneysilence.com backslash negotiating. I hope to see you there. So, Denise, what are a few tips that you would have or that you would give a woman who is either looking to start her own family business or is inheriting a family business?
0: I think, and this might go for uh, both genders, but I think specifically for women understanding the developmental stage you're in in your life. Where's your commitment to the business in terms of trying to find balance? And again, that might be for men as well. And then the most important thing is to ask yourself some hard questions about why do you want this role? What's the vision? And be very, very intentional in the role you wanna play as a leader. And then after you figure it out what you wanna be doing, where you wanna go with the business, with your life, then having those conversations intentionally with your parents and other siblings Um, and maybe even invite in an outside business consultant if those conversations are too difficult to have.
2: Great, and so the other thing that comes to mind is what if you're in a family business and everybody's assuming that you wanna inherit the business or you wanna run it or you wanna work in
0: it and you don't? What's uh, someone to do if they're in that situation, (laughs) which I imagine that happens? That happens a lot. And I call it being held hostage in the family business. And I actually do have a family business I've worked with where I felt that the children were held hostage by the parents' desire to create something and pass it on. And they really are ambivalent about it. And these are, again, painful conversations to have. But I think honesty is the only way to move forward. I can see in these situations, adult children very frustrated. And oftentimes when you're moving from an entrepreneurial parent to the next generation, it's hard for those parents to let go and give the next generation the independence and respect they deserve. I call it the Prince Charles effect, where you have responsibility and very limited authority. And nothing can be more frustrating to a late 30s, early 40-year-old to say, you've got all this responsibility, but I'll make all the decisions. So again, it keeps circling back to asking yourself the hard questions and then having the courage to have the difficult conversation.
2: And I know this is oversimplifying it, but if you were to break money silence with your parents who are in a family business, is there a first small step? You know, you've talked about really doing your introspective work. But, but how do you even
0: start that conversation to say, hey, I think
2: we should hire someone like Denise?
0: It is really hard. It's hard for people to justify it. I also find it, I, I often see that I think parents are, uh, underpay their kids.
1: Um, oh, there's interesting.
0: A con- there's a control thing about money. I don't think a lot of the businesses I'm in, their kids are getting fair market rates. They're expected to take a lot less because, quote, unquote, they're going to inherit the business, which is great in theory, but not when you're raising your own family or you have your own needs. I've also seen a lot of control about how the next gen spends their money. Uh, One wants to go on vacation or buy a vacation home. that's maybe frowned upon if it's not part of the family values about money. So these are all complicated, difficult conversations. So the best thing I can say is maybe share some articles with your parents let them know. I'm I'm not just unhappy, but I, I feel like there are solutions. And would you be open? I recently met with a father and son financial advisor where the father was not open to having me work with me, them and spend the money, but he would after it took about six months of the son saying, I'm going to leave if we don't figure this out. He invited me in and was willing to pay for me to do an assessment and do it half a day of just talking to them and helping them identify what the issues were. Unfortunately, sometimes it does take saying, if we don't work this out, I'm not saying for the parent to hear it. You know, parents love their kids. I have kids. I love them, but you're not always hearing what the next generation is telling you. So yeah, it's not easy, but having information, sharing articles, explaining to them why going to a seminar, inviting them to join you, start with just education on the topic.
2: I love that idea. You could even share this podcast with them as, hey, I, I recently heard you know, Dr. Denise Federer talking about this on the Breaking Money Silence podcast. What do you think of this? I mean, there's there's right. a variety of ways to kind of open that dialogue. And, and in the work that I do, it's really chipping away. Uh, don't Correct. expect to have the whole conversation at once. Boy, time goes so fast when we're chatting, <laughs> whether it's on the podcast or in person. Uh, so tell me a little bit, Denise, about what you're up to recently, and if any of our listeners are interested in finding out more about you, your business, and some of the articles that you've written, maybe they can use to to introduce this conversation. Where can they find them?
0: Thank you so much. So if you would like to go to my website, which is federerperformance.com, F-E-D-E-R-E-R, performance.com, you'll find um, a lot of different resources, articles I've written, white papers on these topics that again, could start the conversation with your parents or with your children on some of the issues that have to be addressed so that you can have family dinners together and have a successful family business. And primarily, I work with families who invite me in, which is quite the privilege, to work with them through these transitions, both in their organizations and in their family.
2: Awesome, well, as always, it is wonderful to break money silence with you. It's been a pleasure,
0: I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much.